Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey. No chill, Prano. Good morning, Andrew T. Ruther. Good morning, Joseph. I always mess it up. What's the middle Come name on. again? Come on. I mean, you should at least know the initial. It's JPP. Yeah. It's uh, Paul Patrick. Patrick. There it is. Took me. Took me a second. Very, very Catholic names we have. Indeed. Was that was that purposeful from your end? I'm sure it was. Yeah. You ever thought about naming what you would name a kid? Yeah. Sure. Toss them, toss them out for me. I mean, if I had a boy, I'd probably name him after my dad. Yeah. No one, no one else in the family's done that, which is, you know. I like that. Strong. Uh Mikey. Like in our family, in on the Italian side of my family, that's you're supposed to name your uh, first son after your grandfather. So my brother's John, my first cousin that my dad's brother had is Jonathan, because you know my my dad's father was Giovanni, so they're all supposed to be Johns. There's like a whole when I was growing up, it's like my dad was Louis. It's like this is my. My cousin Louis. This is my cousin Louis. This is my cousin Louis. And you're like, okay, because you know they're gr- my great grandfather on his side would be Luigi, and uh, so you're supposed to do that. Mikey went ahead and named his kid a junior because classic Mikey. Of course, Mikey was going to go Mikey Junior, and um, and he literally for years was like, I'm naming my kid after myself so I can call him Deuce. So when he's an NFL fullback and he gets like a two yard handoff, the crowd will be like, deuce. <laughs> now his kids like, you know, um, so, That's some, by the way, that is some thinking ahead. That is some projecting yeah. right there. Yeah. And then, uh, and my sister, you know, she's not, she's no longer a prano. I mean, she's a prano obviously, but now her last name's, you know, their, their kid's name, last name is different. So, my dad's name didn't really work for that. So they went with Dean, which was my suggestion. I think an awesome name. So I think that'll be my, uh, that'd be my go-to. So you just call your, your kid, if you name him after your dad, it would just be Louie. Yeah. Or, or, or would he officially be Luigi? I mean, you know, in, in our family so far, like the American born ones have had like, like John's not Giovanni, you know, he's John. Yeah. It'd be kind of cool to name your kid Luigi though. Throwback. Yeah. Because I've thought about the same thing. I've thought about, especially now that my dad's gone, Walter or Walt. I mean, again, it's a very old school name. Is there anybody besides Breaking Bad, Walt Jr.? Like, who do we know? Walt Jr. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be great. That'd be great to, even though it skipped a generation, to call him Walt Jr. And then get like little hand braces that you put on him as he was an infant like when he first starts walking get him little baby hand braces yeah is that I'm guy tossing, done tossing guy, pizzas around is that guy done anything else 
I think I think he's pretty much typecast as Walt Jr. at this point. So he legit had like cerebral palsy. Yeah, I think so. I didn't know that till you said that on the show once. I either still- that, either that, or he's a better actor than that kid Michael Jackson didn't rape in that HBO documentary. <laughs> that's still the oh. best. That's still the best yeah. method acting performance I've ever seen for the for the Michael Jackson truthers out there. The handsomest kid of all time who now sits like this and can't look at anybody and it's like he fingered my butthole and you're like i mean how is this guy not not what's his name fucking daniel day lewis oh that guy that was tough this guy this guy's method acting is incredible yeah that guy that was tough i know i know that's not i know that's not court admissible evidence but i've always said i believe it because the handsomest like dancer actor kid of all time now sits like somebody smacking him in the face every three seconds he's like is somebody gonna smack me in the face during this interview repeatedly no okay well i'm still gonna sit like this and be really broken it's like a a person it's like a somebody who comes back from war it's like a ptsd totally yeah no i agree that there is such a thing as seeing someone's energy and posture and all those things the other kid, you're like, whatever. You oh, know Wade what I mean? Robson, the Australian yeah. dancer. Yeah. Yeah. He went on to be very successful. And he went on to like, you know, he seems he seems relatively fine. So like his claim, whatever, you know. Yeah, you can definitely pick up on things when you see people that that really is. That really is. That's some that's either some Kaiser Sose shit or that kid was abused by Michael Jackson. Yeah. Like, do you think he walks off that set and as soon as they're out of view, he's like a fucking handsome six foot foot two guy again? He's like, let's go get brunch. That was easy. <laughs> His girlfriend's like, can you go back to tanning now? You haven't been outside in 16 years. He's like, it was, oh, it was a long con. My fear of the, my fear of public spaces. I had to get this interview done. I would argue the Michael Jackson truthers. That's to me personally, that's one of the worst ones. I mean, talk about what talk about when there's smoke, there's fire, man. Well, that's the thing when you put like put anything about it on the Internet and like the the the, the Stan accounts. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, he, he was great at music. He was also great at touching kids in weird hideaway spots in Neverland Ranch. In, in, in safes inside of rooms inside of safes inside of rooms <laughs> i mean i was dressed like a creepy bunny and there's already questions going on in my there are lots of questions let's talk about that let's talk about you i mean just your social media posts yesterday with between this the the now you know publicized bunny costume the you know king's island season pass the single 40 year old man living in a residential neighborhood never leaves the basement. Like the file that your neighbors have on you are like, you know, we just listened to his podcast and he kept saying where there's smoke, there's fire. His house is, uh, has a smokestack coming out of it. (laughs) Well, look, the bunny costume, Amazon guy just showing up to your door. Here's your season pass Kings Island and your bunny costume, sir. Uh, should we keep should we keep this rolling over? Are you doing the subscription? Are you also doing the Santa Claus costume and the the leprechaun costume? You're like absolutely. Send them over. So 
only one out of six kids really, really bought in. Really bought in to what? The Easter Bunny? Yeah. <laughs> like the other ones were like either, hey, it's Uncle Andy or the older ones. And by older, I mean nine years old. I didn't post this video. Or I did, but then I took it down. I don't know how my brothers feel about some of their kids being in it. Uh, they were like throwing stuff at me and chasing me. My, my neighbor, she said, my neighbor has four kids. And she goes, my kids came running in. And they said, there's a crazy Easter bunny being chased by all the kids next door. <laughs> and, my, and my nephew, my, my godson, and I posted that picture. He kept reaching into my crotch. And I'm like, what is going on here? And I couldn't see. I could, you know, because of the costume. So like, I'm like, dude, what? And, and my sister-in-law had so many funny pictures of it. She's like, dude, you would like grab your like, dude, stop doing that. And then he kept grabbing it. I'm like, what is going on? What is he trying to like identify the private parts of the Easter bunny? And he's the one that bought in or no? Yeah. He's one only one who like kept one to be hugged and like, is he trying to bang <laughs> the Easter bunny? What's, what's going on here? Maybe he thinks it's good for more candy. You know, that thing was so that hot. Was, that was essentially Wade Robson's plan too. He's like, maybe this will turn into like more candy, more roller coasters. Yeah. I don't know. Trying so, to go full circle here. On your, yeah, I. On you I, uh, essentially being the Michael Jackson of your small Cincinnati town. You're like I've turned Walt's basement into a little lair. You need you need a fingerprint to enter. That costume was so hot though, because it was like 70 degrees yesterday, and I was by the time I took it off, I was sweating so much. And there's still some missing eggs. I think I. Went a little overboard on that. I hit 60 eggs, 10 for each kid. And I think we came back with 57 after about 30 minutes of searching. And what's so, in the eggs? Candy? Yeah. Either jelly beans, mini chocolates from like a giant Costco bat, you know, like Snickers or Twix or whatever. Those are all going to be melted and then or change. You should have just been like one of them has a $50 bill in it. You would have gotten all 60 back. Yeah, I should have done that, but my cheap ass didn't do that. So, but yeah, well, overall, it didn't have to be a $50 bill in it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. Hiding Easter eggs is a shit ton of fun. I didn't, I didn't realize how much I'd enjoy hiding Easter eggs. Now, had I done that maybe a little stoned, it would have been more fun. I'm thinking that's the move now. Get yeah. baked. Well, you learn, you learn, you live, you learn next year. You, I, have I, zero kid, you have zero kids buying in. You're like, oh, I'm just gonna have to do it with the neighbor's kids now. Andy, do not do that. <laughs> I uh I have respect for my parents though, because I got to do it. You know, people didn't arrive till early afternoon. Like, I don't know how you did it with your family. My parents later on, like, dude, we're hiding Easter eggs at night where you guys are sleeping with flashlights in the yard. Yeah. Like, that's got to be annoying. My parents mostly like hit them around the house. I don't think they ventured too far from like our kitchen area. It was like, some's are going to be in the pot. Some's going to be in the microwave. It's one in the sink. You're like, all right. You guys just literally took them out of the fridge and put them within arm's length. Love it. By the way, today is officially the seven year anniversary of the denting. Yeah. Me, me, uh, bashing my brain in. So 
Seven years, Joe. It's like we're ringing the dent bell. Oh, is that what you were doing? Yeah. Crazy. Crazy to think that. Seven years ago. And for you who don't know, if you are a relatively newer dirtball, long story short, I basically cracked my uh, head and fractured my skull and Went to Eric Andre's birthday, got too drunk, left the party on your own, woke up downtown L.A. on the street, bleeding from the ear, phone gone, came home, came home, we're fine, we're feeling weird. Turned out you had a major brain trauma. Yeah, it was known as a TBI, traumatic brain injury. Half my face stopped working. I had to do extensive rehab. I spent three nights in the hospital. You quit drinking. For fear of seizures, and also probably because you woke up hungover with bleeding from your ear. Yeah, and I and I, uh, it's probably the best thing that ever happened to me. It's up there, hands down. So, happy seven year denting anniversary. Eric Andre now has had a TV show and the number one movie streaming movie in America. Here we are zooming our podcast with you in a bunny costume. Oh, how those. Roads have diverged. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even really know Eric. Obviously, we I went with Josh Filipowski, who's who's good friends with him. I I uh I did watch his movie though. How was it? I heard Enjoyed it was good. It. You're you're not into those things. I I, I you know it's it's Borat style, it's the same premise. You know, Borat, he's going to look for Pamela Anderson. This he's going across the country to look for uh, a girl. And uh, I enjoyed it. I thought Tiffany Hash was real funny in it too. And and uh, what's his name? Little Ralph. Like they're all great. Uh, this one's a little different because y- y- you can see he's more trying to mess within the black community. Right. So whereas the other ones, it's more like, you know, not that they don't mess with white people in it, but it's definitely targeted. And I saw at the end, they show the Georgia peach symbol. So I think a lot of it was filmed in Georgia and in Atlanta, which is a great segue into more talk about messing with black people in Georgia. So big news happened on Friday. Major League Baseball decided to move the all-star game from Hotlanta because of the new Georgia voting laws that were passed in the last, what, week or two? Yeah, a couple weeks ago. Um, The... Location of the game has not been determined. Correct. So we're waiting on that. Okay. So that's a slip. That's a slippery slope. Some some thoughts. I have some thoughts, but they're not. I don't know. I'll let you. I know you have a lot of thoughts. Well, I, I here's my, here's my thought on all this. I'm, I'm gonna take a step back beyond baseball into like just companies because baseball is basically a company, right? Um. I, I find it interesting that all these companies are getting involved uh, more into politics and saying things that for, for me personally, keep your own house in order before you jump into this shit. That's the first thing I'll say. Well, so I know I saw your tweet and well, here's, here's well, my, well, hold on. Can I, can I, yeah, sorry. Kind of, that's all right. I, I just have a few things to say about that. So like this before major league baseball does this, like, for example, Delta is based in Atlanta. The CEO verbatim that week says that voting restrictions are unacceptable. 
And I'm not debating that, but I am debating what else is unacceptable. Charging $30 for a bag, charging me money to move my seats, not removing a change of flight fee until a worldwide pandemic starts. So I get angry and I get annoyed. And I think I have reason when a Delta CEO says that's unacceptable. And I say, dude, I don't care about that. What I care about is you calling something unacceptable when your own policies don't care at all about anyone, regardless of skin color. Those are unacceptable. So I have issues with that. And to me, that's kind of where the Major League Baseball falls in, where they are doing the same thing. And I'm saying, look, man, your own league is a mess. You didn't even handle the Astros punishment correctly. It'd be like me trying to chastise other people when I got to get my own shit in order. It doesn't mean you can't comment or don't. I just think it comes from a perspective that doesn't hold valid for me when I see so many problems within their own sport or their own company. So I, I find that offensive personally. Uh, so I think there's, you know, I'll leave Delta and Coca-Cola and all that alone for right now, even though what I'm going to say about major league baseball kind of pertains to them because they're such big companies, especially Delta, which is a travel company. So now you're talking about bringing people to and from the state Coca-Cola, which is obviously one of the biggest companies in the entire world. So on, on a grand level, when you're, a, when you're as big as those companies, you're involved in politics, whether you like it or not. Sure. There's, there's, you know, I mean, Amazon right now is probably the most political discussion you can have is how Amazon is handling their employees, how Uber handles their employees. So like all that's politics, regardless of whether or not it seems politics. Here's my issue with the baseball. And, and everybody knows that I am anti how baseball has been run for a long time and agree with you totally that baseball for you guys to be making judgments on things when you're so terrible at making judgments is ludicrous. My real issue with it is the same idiots that we hear of all the time. And honestly, this, this couldn't, this issue couldn't prove more obviously how dumb some people are and honestly how like clueless people are. If you're even saying keep politics out of sports in regard to this situation, you are maybe you should stop watching sports. You should stop watching politics. You should stop watching everything. You are dumb. Nothing on a local level, state, city, county level is more political than major construction developments. Nothing is more political than let's build a new convention center. Let's build a new stadium. Let's build a new stadium with a city that's going to go with the stadium. Literally nothing more can po political on that level than major construction contracts, permitting, bonds, taxpayer money being used for it. Nothing is more political in Cobb County, maybe in history, than the, than the building of that stadium. So the idea of keep politics out of sports, when you're talking about the fact that these stadiums are built with taxpayer money using tons of political pull, they, 
They pulled that stadium out of Fulton County when it was less than 20 years old, moved it to a new county, used taxpayer money, used bonds, used all these things that it couldn't be more political. And then the reason cities and states do this, we always hear this awarded. They were awarded the final four. They were awarded the Super Bowl. They were awarded the Olympics. They were awarded the World Cup. They were awarded the All-Star Game. You're not awarded it. You bought it. You make an obligation to Major League Baseball to run city and state politics, take taxpayer money, build a new facility that supports Major League Baseball, and in return, Major League Baseball gives you the All-Star Game which brings in tourism from other cities and other states of people coming to your city to see the all-star week, to see the batting, the the home run derby, the futures game, the all-star game, all the things that go with it. There's always a convention. There's a major league baseball players thing, all the stuff that comes with it. The draft comes with it through political means. The Atlanta Braves bought tourism money. Through political means, Cobb County stole tourism money from Fulton County by being the one that was like, we're willing to build this stadium. Our taxpayers are willing to pay it. Whereas Atlanta was like, we just built a stadium in 1996 and you guys want to move it in 2007 or 2017. So there's nothing more political than building these major structures in the cities around them. So if you're saying keep politics out of sports in regard to this, you are the dumbest person alive. Well, I, I think there are levels of politics, so now, right? But now the thing is, now Major League Baseball getting involved and saying, listen, we awarded essentially the politicians and the people in charge of this state, this tourism thing in exchange for them building this stadium. Now we don't like what the politicians there are doing, so we're not going to play it. Do I think Major League Baseball, like you said, should keep their own house in order? Yes. But the link between that decision is not this wildly created thing. They they did a handshake deal. You tax your people, we'll give you money. And then Major League Baseball was like, the, we don't like what the people we did our handshake deal with. We don't like how they're running things. So now we're taking away the award that we gave you. We've There's a million things in the history of sports and politics where something's been given, then somebody fucked up in, in air quotes I just did if you're watching this on YouTube, and then that award was taken away. So I'm going to leave it at that. I don't care about the I – don't, I don't think Major League Baseball has ever run anything positively. I don't even want to go into – the voting rights or whatever, because I'm not going to play some, you know, false game about like, you know, voting fraud and all that. That's just so disingenuous and not even worth mentioning. But to be a person out there that is riding the brand and there are a thousand sports conversationalists and Twitter accounts and, you know, networks and whatever that are like keep sports out of politics bro this is politics the whole thing is po politics from day one of the building of that stadium and awarding them the all-star game so if you're saying that you're lying to people and rallying dumb 
idiots or you're just a dumb idiot. Well, as usual, I I don't really care what others have to say about it. I I just like that doesn't that doesn't concern me. Again, what concerns me is the first thing about keeping your own house in order and also just lies about I know you don't want to get too far into it. There's just so many lies about the voting law in general. Are there some things I agree with? Yeah. Are there some things I disagree with? Yeah. That's kind of how life can be. I, I, I just, what bothers me on all this stuff is, is what I deem, and this is political, like what I deem CEOs and Rob Manfred's a CEO for lack of better term is that they wilt to this pressure and they, they don't really examine things. They just go, okay, there's a large vocal crowd that is against something which happens from both sides and then they give into pressure i i just what sucks for me is i the, you know i i think the thing with rob manfred though and and the dealing with this is the people involved in the decision to push forward these you know voting changes are probably the people he talked to about this deal do you know what i'm saying like that's where the the separating politics and sports is like these are the major po- political heads of Georgia that are responsible for changing the voting laws. The major political heads of Georgia are also the people that he probably has to have phone calls with about redeveloping an area of outer Atlanta. So you He's- feel like you got you got screwed over. You're getting screwed over by a guy that you did the deal with, and then you're therefore punishing them. And so like. I understand Rob Manfred's an idiot and has never punished anybody successfully. But also, it's a very political awarding the All Star game to somewhere in exchange for building a brand new stadium on taxpayer money couldn't be more of a political conversation. Well, it, there's there's a lot of irony though here too, because if you look at the facts on everything, right now. Georgia technically has more, far more days of early voting with this new law than New York. I, here's but, the thing. But, 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 but again, I, the reason again, I'm the breaking York- down, the breaking down of the voting thing is disingenuous simply because there's zero evidence of widespread voter fraud in Georgia. Zero facts only zero threat zero. So, so to make these changes, Two months after you lose runoff votes that turn, you know, our national politics, democratic, it's like, talk about where there's smoke, there's fire. The only reason that you're doing this is to simply stop what happened to you. In well, the last well, well, but, there, but there's a lot of things at play in this law. So because of COVID, drop boxes were allowed in Georgia and in a lot of states, right? So, so for, a lot of people don't know this. Prior to 2020, in 2019, the state of Georgia had zero drop boxes, zero. So I think they had, I could be, it's either 96 or 98 drop boxes for this year's election, which right. I, which I believe will be reduced to 28. And they got major voter turnout and it didn't go the way they wanted. And so now they have to have, but, but, but hold on. But, but that's kind of an interesting point though, right? There were zero drop boxes before 2020. And, and it's a huge reduction. It's like a 70 plus reduction. I'm not denying that. That's a, that's a fact. It's reducing right, but, by 70. But, that's but it's, only, still, it's, it's simply because, again, it's simply because they didn't like the way it went. 
I don't disagree with you. Like I agree right. with you. So, that, that, so that's... we can, we can talk about, you know, the bureaucracy of making it seem like we're trying to do one thing when we're trying to do another, but again, facts only zero evidence of widespread voter fraud. So why do you have, why do you suddenly have to make it more secure? Well, the, the question is, well, a lot of things have been at play forever. Like, like the ID, the having a, having an identification, this has been a discussion. I remember this going back to the 2004 election with Bush and Kerry. I remember that being a hot topic. Yeah. That's, that's it's always a hot topic because people move and it's not just having an ID. You have to have an idea of the state you're living in when maybe you don't drive in the state you're living in. And you like, I was here for a while in LA before I had a California ID and I still had a New York ID. So but it's I've not hard. It's New not York. hard to get an ID. I, I will argue anybody that I will. I will argue anybody on how hard it is to get an ID. I will argue anybody. But again, that. we're now we're just we're going down a rabbit hole when the point is it's so obvious the reason this had to happen right when it did. And that's because the state is majority run by Republicans. They don't like how the election went. They had to make changes like saying, you know, we have to it, it's, it's anything political So saying we have to, you know, my brother just gets a a job as a, you know, at a security company and I'm the CEO of a company. I go, you know, we've got to we've got to put alarms on every single office door. Why? We have we have absolutely no security issues. No, we have to. You're just doing something that is so obviously transparent to why you're doing it. That like I'm not even gonna get into the bureaucracy of like hiding it as like trying to be trying to seem realistic. And honestly, baseball is stupid for handling everything the wrong way. Always, baseball well, always handles everything the wrong way. Well, and and one could argue, which I think is a valid argument, that when you move the All Star game, well, there, there, there are two things. The reason I brought up like, hey, there's more early voting days in Georgia than New York is my point is now baseball. What state are you picking? Because now you have to be careful to make sure, like now you have to pick a state which has what they would deem voting laws more friendly to citizens than Georgia. So, so there's that factor. But the I, see, I disagree with you. I think, again, the, the bottom line isn't about what laws are, are or are not in place. What, what, what is upsetting people is that it was a reaction there that they're going, we need to change this now because of how the election went, because there's, again, no evidence of widespread voter fraud. So to to panic and say we have to do it now is just making it obvious, like we might we might not be doing things as difficult as New York, where the Cosa Nostra and like, you know, things have existed for years where like criminal activity is uh, 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 infinitely more, you know, an, an issue than in rural Georgia, but we have to do it now because we don't like the way the election went. Yeah. So like, I, I, again, I don't, Joe, Joe, we agree on that. Like, like yeah. we agree the changes were made because they didn't like how things turned out. There's right. no disagreement on that. And I also think we kind of agree on major league baseball's handling of things, but I would also argue, and I know a lot of people have said this, and I probably tend to agree with this, is that the people this hurts most are the people who banked on making money during that all-star week. It's the waiters, it's the servers, it's the bartenders. And, and it is a predominantly black city. 
Like that's just a fact. So, and I know there's a huge discussion within, let's say the democratic party or that wing of people that are debating that. Right. So, right. Isn't that a valid argument? You could argue, Hey, listen, there's a, there's a ton of way, again, baseball handles everything poorly. There was a ton of ways to handle this, to bring awareness to what was happening and have the all-star game there. You know, um, that's what baseball has never done. They've never been smart with saying, Hey, uh, you know, our minority players. And by the way, voting laws mostly, while, while affecting a lot of minorities, it's really about affecting poor people. Sure. So, so, you know, there's tons of kids who came from poor situations in major league baseball, whether they be black, Hispanic, you know, Southern white kids. Like there's a lot of kids who I'm sure came from poor families that would have been affected by laws like this if they lived in a state like Georgia. So rally them to be outspoken about it. But then the problem is, we hear the same fucking thing. Shut up and hit homers. When, when again, I'm just going to go back to my big issue with this thing. You're an idiot. If you don't think awarding all-star games to cities is honestly, it's more political than almost anything that happens in a it's, city. Well, it's definitely political. It's you build a new stadium, you get, you redevelop entire areas with taxpayer money sure, and, sure. and and government bonds. Yeah, there, there's no denying that. I, I do want to play award you this game. I do want to play a call from and, and 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 this is what I actually thought myself, but I'll play the caller on it because I thought the same thing, which I think is a interesting point or at least a discussion to weigh in on when you're discussing the uh the issue of the all-star game. Yo, this is Jude. Just wanted to call about the uh, MLB All-Star game getting um, moved out of Atlanta. What I don't understand, I know they did this for Charlotte to the NBA, is that they moved this one game because they don't, you know, believe in what's going on in Georgia. Whatever way you feel about it, you know, who cares, whatever. But yet they play 81 other games there in the same fucking stadium, and there's no issue at all. Um, and I don't know, like, part of it is they're going to say, well, you know, they're – all eyes will be on Georgia for the All-Star game. It's not like this is a fucking Super Bowl. Like, who's really, like, who even knows where the All-Star games are being played, most of which. Um, just kind of doesn't really make any sense to me. Like, I feel there's obviously something else, like maybe the players' union had kind of, like, you know, maybe brought up that they would have a lot of their players boycott going because obviously the Braves came out and said that they don't agree with the decision. Um, I would assume most MLB owners are Republicans. So I wonder what you guys think is uh, maybe if there's, like, something with the players. I know Mookie Betts is, uh, you know, he was going to sit out last year over some political stuff. Um, and just kind of see what you guys think about it later. Yeah, I mean, personally, I think that there's a interesting discussion there of, hey, you're going to do 81 home games and have no problem taking that money, Major League Baseball, none at all, but not the All-Star game. Well, I think it goes back again to my point, which is that, you know, stadiums in baseball can be built by owners. They can be built by cities. They can be built by a combination of the two. The truest ballpark in Atlanta was basically built two-thirds by taxpayers and bonds and one-third by the private money and the ownership. I think, you know, the majority, and, and again, 
I think Rob Manfred in Major League Baseball handles everything poorly. But I think the combination of players being outspoken and then maybe drawing attention to the game negatively in the same regard, people going, keep politics out of sports and actually protecting their players a little bit like, oh, are you ruining, you know, Mike Trout's brand or or Pete Alonzo's brand or whatever by putting it on them to say something. But I think most likely and again, I say this one more time, trying to get in the heads of Major League Baseball, which are predominantly idiotic, is going to be hard to do. But if you go back to my original point, which is the building of stadiums and the awarding of these games, whether they be the Final Four, the Super Bowl, whatever, is a deal between politicians and Major League Baseball. And I would assume, although again, I don't want to give too much credit to Major League Baseball, I would assume part of the thing is like, hey, if we're going to do political deals with you, you got to up uphold your end of the bargain. If we're going to do political deals with you to award you these games, you then can't put us in a shitty position where it makes our players union and our fans in your city or in your county, Cobb County, by the way, twice as many black people per capita than the rest of the United States. So we now look like the villain because we've done a political deal to bring tourism to Cobb County And then you have screwed over the residents of Cobb County. Now it just looks like we're in cahoots with you when we were trying to do something for the people. So I think major league baseball is going, Hey, don't pull us into your fucking politics. We're, we're trying to do and major league. And it's hilarious for major league baseball to say the same way as NBA, the same way as whatever. But we all know that these, these leagues love to exist quietly in the shadows of politics they don't like it when the spotlight is shined on the fact that they're politics. This is the same thing we talked about when the Colin Kaepernick thing happened. Everybody said they're private companies are allowed to, if they don't want to sign them, they don't have to sign them. If I'm paying for your stadium, you can't fucking walk around going, we're just a private company. Motherfucker, I paid for your stadium. So now you're taking my money to ban players. This well, is fucking bullshit. Well, I do think there's different levels as well of politics in sports. I'm not disagreeing with your points about the taxpayer money and how there are political handoffs and deals It hundred percent is political, but I think there's different levels and I, I hate it, Joe. I mean, I I'll be honest. I hate when Donald Trump says comments about NFL and kneeling. I don't, I don't give a shit. You're the president. I don't want to hear your opinion about, standing or kneeling just like i don't want to hear joe biden's opinion about the major league ball major league all-star game and and it's sad and as a devout sports fan my whole life i have been very adamant and you have too as well the last seven years of just trying to remove all of it i don't want to have to stand for cancer i don't want to have to stand a million times for the military like I don't want to stand for the national anthem. I don't want them to play the national anthem. I don't want flyovers. I don't want whatever. But my point is I am a hundred, I am a hundred percent no politics in sports guys, but everybody else specifically the no politics in sports fucking club. They love politics in sports. They love the national anthem. They love flyovers. They love the military shit. They love that October everybody wears camouflage. They love that the San Diego Padres alternate uniforms are camouflage. They love it. 
They love politicians deciding which towns get new stadiums and therefore get awarded major events. They just don't like it when people go, I don't like the politics. Then the then the Ben Shapiro's of the world are like, keep politics out of sports. But I, I don't disagree. I think it goes on both sides, though. I, I know it does. It, it definitely I'm like, goes- you want a stadium? Pay for a fucking stadium, dog. No, I agree, too. I, th- I think the owner should pay for stadiums. And I miss. I mean, I'm going to sound like an old fuck, but I, I do miss going to games where it's just you went and watched the game. With a national anthem and a and a stealth bomber flyover, but and, even and, even and Whitney Houston dressed in literally the United States of America fucking Olympic garb to sing the national anthem. Sure, where we're doing where we're doing a, a USA pep rally, but we're just we're but just you pretending know, it's not. You know, you know, you know damn well everything's on steroids now. There was there was no there was no breast cancer awareness month. There was no stand up to cancer. There was no hey now we're gonna stand for god bless america like it's you we both know 25 30 years ago you did you basically had the national anthem and that was it right but we had the national anthem and we had flyovers and then when they ratchet it up and they start paying the government starts paying to say all, all the players have to be out there the government pays for all the players to be out on the field for the national anthem they did then i don't one, know if they still do then one of the players goes i'm not doing it now it's keep your politics out of sports. It's like, motherfucker, you didn't even give a shit two weeks ago when the government c- couldn't have been more in sports. And look, we, we agree. I, I have said it. Like, I don't need the national anthem. I like the song, but I don't need it at my sports events unless it's a Olympic. You're representing your country. That's different, of course. I, I just. I just want to go to a game. Like I'm going, I'm going to the Reds game on Wednesday. It's a day game against the Pirates, and I want to. Bill Burr has been saying it for years. You know, at this point, like you go, you go to sports to get away from your normal life. I don't, I don't want to have to think about cancer or AIDS or whatever cause it is. Andy, this has been going on for. I mean, think about it this way. It doesn't mean they have to do it though. But I'm saying I'm going on. April 15th to the Mets day game for Jackie Robinson day. You remember when they started Jackie Robinson day? I think it was 1996, 1997. All the players were 42, all things like there are people, Andy, who probably love the, the, the Georgia voting restrictions that are like, why the fuck is there a Jackie Robinson day? What about the first fucking German American born player? What about the fucking first, this guy? Like there are those guys, there are people who think Jackie Robinson Day is a fucking political issue. I'm sure there are. I, I, I 100% sure there are. I, I just, again, all this stuff for me goes back to just kind of my original point of keeping your own house in order before you, like like my, my takeaway from all this on a, on a grander scheme. And that's why I brought up in this, the CEO from Delta's quote is, and this might sound bleak or pessimistic. These, these companies don't care about you. They don't guys just, just remember that. I don't care what side of the political spectrum you are. They don't care. They, they, none of them care because if they cared, they wouldn't charge you the things they do or make their products in company or in countries 
where it's awful labor conditions. Did you see my point? Like, like at the end of the day, it's just, it's all, it's all for show. It's a dog and pony show and they all do it again on all sides. And I'm just like, cool, whatevs. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bitch. And I'm also not going to sit here and say, I'm boycotting major league baseball. Dude, at the end of the day, I might think a lot of it's bullshit, but I know at the end of the day, I like going to baseball games. So I'll put up with it. It doesn't mean that I can't say, come on guys, you, you don't care. Like, like if, if you can't even handle a Astros cheating scandal, you're going to come to me about yeah. voting rights. Come on, Rob. My thing about my thing about the all-star game too, is like, listen, uh, you know, fuck the Atlanta Braves. They're in the Mets division, you know, fuck the, like move the ballpark, like fuck giving it to a ballpark that, you know, some, some state has to pay for twice in 20 years because obviously of these political dealings, my thing is mostly the fact that we've talked about this as long as it has, and that everybody talks about it as long as they have, because the conversation becomes now the governor of Texas isn't going to throw out a pitch in at the Rangers ballpark in boycotting major league baseball because this, it's like, dude, you are a gut. You just got a fucking brand new ballpark in Texas with a roof for a stadium. That's also less than 20 years old because all you guys do is make political backdoor deals for giant construction projects. Major League Baseball and any other place that ever put in a major stadium, you are so deep in politics. You're the most deep in politics. You are politics. So if you're out there going, keep politics out of sports, if you're the governor of Texas who just did a fucking deal to build another stadium, even though you have a fucking basically um, ballpark standards, a brand new stadium already, because you want to fucking give more to the construction business. And you want the world, you want the all-star game next. Stop crying about politics and sports. That's the problem for me. Everybody wake up. Stop crying politics and sports about a political issue. The awarding of a game to a city for playing politics. The governor of Texas said that. I didn't yeah. see that. And I agree. It's it's all it, that's all bullshit too, dude. It all comes down to they just want everybody to fight. I mean, I don't know how many times I know Charles Barkley said that this weekend. Is they just want everybody to fight? They want everybody to argue. The politicians ramp it up. They don't care. No, dude. If, if there's one message I can get to the listeners, that's what that's my message. They don't care about you. These politicians don't care about you. Again, I know I sound morbid or pessimistic, but they don't. Those CEOs don't care about you. Rob Manford doesn't care about you. They don't. Just go to the game. Enjoy. If you like baseball, if you or, like football. Or fucking boycott it, but shut the fuck up. 35% of Americans have boycotted sports this year because they don't like the politics of it. They just want to go back to the days where the government has paid $75 billion to fly their planes over while the song about war is sung. Please leave your politics out of sports. You're so fucking stupid if you're boycotting 
from this. You you should have been boycotting the building of that stadium, you fucking red hat wearing idiot. But again, it's both sides. It's both sides, except only one of them's screaming about keep politics out of sports when politics have always been in sports. Keep politics out of sports. You mean everybody plays in a fucking, you know, privately owned park in the middle of the city? Good luck. The Rams are doing it. The Chargers are doing it. Kroenke funded that stadium. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So build your own fucking stadium. Yeah. That that to me is a major issue that nobody wants to discuss is billionaire owners. Billionaire wait owners. Until, wait until the Olympics, dude. Wait until somebody gets political. Wait until an athlete gets political at the Olympics and these guys go keep politics out of sports. National, international sports competitions that are literally political tourism grabs keep politics out of it yeah but 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 here here's a question i'll have for you about the olympics do you know where the winter olympics are in 2022 china so our president you know wants the virtue signal that's what he's doing and get on a high horse about atlanta voting rights what's he gonna say about beijing olympics like, like you, you put yourself in a corner. You do when you when you want to talk about rights and human rights, especially. And then. As a president. Guarantee he's not going to say we shouldn't go to China. Right. Because they're the, all full of shit. They're all they all are. They're all full of shit. But also, if the U.S. swim team or the U.S. gymnastics team, which is essentially what, you know, Major League Baseball is on on the scale of professional sports. If some, if some subsection of the United States, I'm sure Biden would be like good for the fucking rowing team, not going to China because of these reasons. I don't think he would. I'm that that's my point is I'm calling bullshit that all these people again, I'm, I'm picking on Biden right now. Cause he's the president, but they're, they're all the same. Like he's Joe Biden is not going to say a damn thing. And I could be wrong. He's not going to say a damn thing. Well, he's also a fucking corporate Democrat. So. Exactly. So then why is he talking about it? But that's my point is it's just the hypocrisy. Dude, just accept we're all hypocrites like that's that's all I'm trying to get out there. Like we all make hypocritical decisions, right? It's honestly the idea that. You know, and, and we as Americans love to do this, too. Oh, we're the worst. But but also we as Americans, we love to the fucking, you know, the Clay Travis's and Alex Bresler's and the whatever the world, the big boogeyman China. Dude, the rest of the world's going, oh, the Olympics are in Los Angeles. We're just letting the fucking we're just letting the war machine have the Olympics. There's some tons of other people around the world who are going, fuck America for getting the Olympics. They're just as evil. And they're right. Debate. That's a whole other discussion. That's a that's a bread earned dirty politics throwback discussion. If you want to go there, but we don't have time. All I know is, look, they've moved the All Star Game. We don't know where. I think they should move it to Havana, Cuba. <laughs> can, can, can you imagine? Can you imagine the outrage if they moved it to Cuba? 
I just want them to move it to Los Angeles so that Joe Chabelli's head explodes. He's like, I don't want to move down to Georgia, but I don't. I do like to go in Los Angeles. His head might have exploded from that game the other day. Yeah. Um, I want to get to that game, but before we jump into that amazing all-time Final Four Gonzaga versus UCLA game, I just want to brag for a minute, Joe, about how great my lawn is looking out here in Ohio. Thanks to my friends at Sunday who've really helped Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah. And if you don't, if you haven't seen the pictures I posted in the Easter bunny costume, the lawn is there. You can see how pristine already it's April 5th. The lawn is already looking so green, all those great natural ingredients. It was so easy to use to spray my lawn with exactly what they sent. After I sent them a soil sample, that's how it works with Sunday. Guys, Sunday makes taking care of your lawn easier than ever. And we all know I need that help because this is my first time ever taking care of a lawn. They explain exactly what you get and why. And it's all sent to your front door. Lawn care used, like lawn care used to take up a lot of the day for people. Not anymore. Less than 15 minutes. Just spray down the yard. Dirtballs, if you need help taking care of your lawn, Sunday is the place to go. Let Sunday take the guesswork out of growing a greener, more beautiful lawn this spring. Visit GetSunday.com forward slash dirty to get $20 off your custom lawn plan at checkout. That's $20 off your custom plan at GetSunday.com forward slash dirty, and they will greatly improve your lawn. They will keep it looking good throughout the entire year. So act fast now because spring is here and I know firsthand that you need to get some of the treatments on the lawn before we hit end of spring, early summer. So go ahead and do that now. Okay. Final four, Joe. Yes. Let's talk about it. What a game. Wow. What a game. I wow. had, uh, you know, I, I have, as I've said, the most casual of basketball rooting interests, but the two teams I casually root for historically UCLA prior to even being an LA guy, uh, love the O'Bannon brothers, love Toby Bailey, the Tyus Edney, the Bill Walton history going to games in Westwood, um, and Syracuse. So I was already on UCLA bandwagon, um, just in terms of rooting for them. Also, if UCLA had won that game, regardless of what happened in the national championship game, I would have won my bracket, would have won multiple brackets. Um, as I, I picked Gonzaga to lose in that game, not to UCLA, obviously, but I picked them to lose in that game and I have Baylor winning it all. So I was in the lead going to that game. So it was, it was a desperate need for me. And uh, what a great game. I mean, both teams I thought played exceptionally well. Um, UCLA obviously probably played you know, one of their better games of the year and, you know, still came out on the losing side, an incredible shot to end it. The tough thing for me was uh, your boy, Mick Cronin at the end of regulation really didn't let uh, UCLA get into like much of a rhythm, but it worked out literally in the last like 90 seconds to two minutes of gameplay, maybe two and a half minutes, every time, Gonzaga would score to go up, even to go up five. At that one point, they came back with a three. He would call a timeout 
to set up their offense. And it worked. He got them to, you know, overtime. And he also got them to, they had a shot to win the game in, in regulation. And he sat on a timeout at the end of regulation. That was very the the charge on Juzang. Yeah. But prior to that possession, he, they get the ball back with a chance to go ahead. And he sits on a timeout, even though for the last two and a half minutes, he calls a timeout literally before every single offensive possession seemed very, very weird. Only because both things happen simultaneously. If he was just like, hey, I believe in my team, let him play. But the setting up a play on every offense possession for the last, I don't know how many minutes of the game, and then not doing it when you have a time. Like, what were you saving your time out for? So that was annoying. They go to overtime, a great overtime, a back and forth overtime. I, I kind of knew UCLA was going to lose going into overtime. I was like, you, you know, you kind of got to get this win in regulation in the long run, the better team, which I think everybody agrees Gonzaga is, is going to probably, you know, outlast you. And then, you know, that shot, what a shot. That is a game that you hate to see somebody lose. That's what type of game it was. Great individual performances, great clutch shots. So much fun to watch. I would put that game right up there with the 1992 Duke versus Kentucky. As far as the two greatest college games, I know a lot of people would say Nova UNC a couple years ago. The thing for me is the storyline of like the underdog, right? In both those games where Kentucky was the underdog. Now here you have a final four game with an 11 seed, a play in team. Yeah. 14 and a half point dogs in the game goes to overtime. I mean, just also the overtime factor. Um, no, I agree with you. Honestly, uh, it was efficient basketball. It was, it was clutch shots, but there was great defensive plays when they needed to be had great blocks. Obviously the charge at the end to take it into overtime. There was just all around. It was a crisp basketball game and that, that's it was thing, awesome. You know, and I've been, I've been, you know, high on this, the quality of this tournament, especially considering how, janky the end of games tend to go in college basketball how sloppy these games tend to be um again you know this is a testament to i think what causes some of the sloppiness you look at the big teams the dukes the unc's the kentucky's the guys who get a lot of the one and dones not really factoring into this tournament whatsoever i think a lot of that you know talent versus upperclassmen tends to you know kind of be what most tournaments are. And then there's a sloppiness factor of that. I think this tournament has been pretty crisp. Yes. I remember the Duke Kentucky game, but I don't remember how quality the gameplay was. It was good. I, I remember at, just shot at, at shot. this point. Um, so this is the best game that I can remember. And in terms of tournament history. And again, that's just in terms of what I can remember. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it was, such a back and forth. And even when UCLA, what were they up? Or I'm sorry, down about seven in the second half where you're like, yep. whoa, is this going to get away? Oh, just, I for I for sure thought that game was over when, they, when it got to that point. They just came right back. Oh, uh, that I'm, UCLA team is fun. I mean, so many like, like you just. the like guys Juzang, Juzang's a good player. Yeah. The like guys a, just big, big shots all over the place. And the Gonzaga has been on the 
seen, you know, significantly for a while now, obviously UCLA has the most storied history of probably any basketball program in college. Um, but nice to see them return. And I hope it sticks. I think, I think, you know, they're almost the New York Knicks of, of college basketball. College basketball is better when UCLA is good. Yeah. Gonzaga is just so deep. They, they have so many talented players and, and, and yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, the two best teams in college basketball this year were Baylor and Gonzaga, and they're going to play each other. And it should be a fun game, but man, that was a that was just that was a tough way to go out on a bank on a bank shot. Yeah, did he call but bank? An, but an awesome shot. Did he call game, bank? Andy? I called did, game. Did he call bank? <laughs> I think once you're outside of the, you know, if you're ten feet outside of the three point line. You don't have, you don't even have to call back and such a great game after just a dumpster fire game before that. Yep. Of Houston, just getting their shit and, pushed in. And I didn't watch that game. I was golfing with, uh, with the it was crew. ugly. And, yeah. But I specifically planned it around. That. I was like, I want to watch the UCLA game. And, um, I mean, Baylor's gonna be tough to beat. Baylor looks, Baylor looks like they're peaking at the right time. And Gonzaga went through a dogfight. So should be an interesting championship game tonight. That's for sure. The Zags are still four and a half point favorites. It would have been nice. I was thinking about what Bill Walton said last show about the Bears versus the Bruins. Yeah. That would have been a lot of fun. Baylor's looking good, though. They are. Did you see the uh, the Bill Walton clip? Bill Walton experiencing. I don't know where Bill, Wall, Bill Walton was. I don't know if he's in some radio studio. It's what it looked it, like. It seemed it seemed certainly more technical than anything that Bill Walton might own. Uh, he was solo in a in a radio studio, and I mean, talk about a guy. You know, we talk about the Rob Manfreds, the Joe Bidens, the Donald Trumps, the you know the political the people who have voices in this country just seemingly have no consistency whatsoever. Bill Walton. For president, Bill Walton, the most consistent man in America. I love him. Happy. Doesn't I mean he, at the end of the game, he he's excited at the opportunity of the of UCLA to tie it up. He barely celebrates. He knows the game has a few seconds left. Bang shot. He almost doesn't react. Then he just starts clapping. Like he just he's just doing the fucking you know, the Rudy clap, just the slow <laughs> clap. And then he's like, great game. Great. Game. What a, yeah. what a basketball game. There's a reason I'm wearing the Bill Walton tie dye shirt today. Yeah. Because it's to honor him. He really is. The guy remains steadfast. I, I so wanted him to be like, fuck, <laughs> just scream. No shit. Bullshit. He he's like, was, what a, what a, what a shot by a fine young man. He was so calm. All the all the men, all the young men that played in this basketball game are welcome in my TP anytime. Doesn't matter what jersey you're wearing. Yeah. He I'll ride a tandem bike with every last one of you. <laughs> it's it was tough to see that, but it also made me appreciate Bill even more, if that was possible, to just show how even keel. He really is 
And the, the authenticity of Bill Walton is unlike anyone. Just a genuine, great dude. And that's why I was pulling for UCLA. Yeah. But tough loss. But hey, that, that's sports, man. As I much as I... a lot of time in nature, Andy Ruther, and I got to say, as exciting as that game was, there's no way a bulldog beats a bear twice in a row. I mean, I've seen a lot of episodes <laughs> of Lassie. I've seen him. I've seen him come out. I've seen him survive two in a row. I mean, even DiCaprio and the Revenant. I don't see him lasting through a second battle. And that was basic. Leonardo DiCaprio is basically Gonzaga, just in a fight with a bear and barely survives. Shows up to camp. And he says, "I know you thought I was dead, but here I am." But I don't think Leonardo DiCaprio at the end of The Revenant wanted to fight another bear immediately. They were like, how about another bear fight two days later? I think he would have said, throw me back in the cold river. So you're putting your money on Baylor today then? I've got the bear in the rematch. Yeah. It'll be a fun game. And you know I'm not rooting for any team down there in Texas. I like those West Coast teams. I'm, I've got Gonzaga. I've got Gonzaga in my heart. I'd like to see my Bruins go down to the eventual champs. But I don't see DiCaprio like Rocky Balboa. There ain't going to be no rematch beating Apollo Creed. <laughs> I watched... And I tweeted this out. It's it was crazy for me. I watched the 1992 Duke Kentucky game in the same exact room. I know you keep joking that I've been downstairs. Now that the weather's nice, I've been upstairs. Nice. So I watched it in that room, and that was like, that was like almost eerie and also very powerful at the same time. To think that I watched the two greatest games that I've ever watched for college basketball, especially in the NCAA tournament that I watched them 29 years apart in the same exact room. And I wasn't high. And I was like, Whoa, I almost feel high. Can I reveal something on air right now? Uh, it's a dangerous request to give. I'm just going to say, do what feels right, Andy. So I don't want to be responsible for giving you permission for whatever, whatever, comes out of your mouth after a question like that so lately i almost feel like i'm stoned at times when i'm not stoned where like my senses are so heightened around hearing the birds and the squirrels especially mother nature when i'm outside sitting on the patio or i'm looking at the woods the sunset and the colors and i'll say man am i stoned did i smoke a joint did i eat edible no it was just all natural. Andy, and I, I'm going to tap out here for a second, and I'm going to let my buddy Bill Walton chime back in because he's he has an, actually an explanation for this. Andy, this is a very common thing with uh, cannabis and, and magic mushroom users. Once your mind's eye is open to the many details of this fine, beautiful, natural planet that we're slowly killing, don't worry about that, though, for right now. <laughs> Once you're open to it, you see and hear it everywhere. You ever notice, Andy, when you when somebody tells you about a TV show that you've never heard of before, suddenly you're seeing articles of it written everywhere. You're seeing people tweeting about it and mentioning it. Everybody's recommending it to you. That's what that's what your mind is doing with nature's wondrous beauties. Once you open your mind's eye to it, 
it's open forever. You don't need to be stoned now. You just needed to be stoned to take a squeegee to your foggy front windshield. But now that your windshield is clean, you can see it all, Andy. You can hear it all. You can feel it all. Feel that, feel that, that nature that's inside your house when you're watching a great college basketball game and the birds that are having a conversation with you outside. I'm glad this has happened to you, Andy. It happens to all the great ones, and that means you're well on your way. You might be in the single-A farm system, but you're headed toward the major leagues when it comes to greatness, and I'm happy for you. I'll be here waiting for you, Andy. I'm here with the snow leopards at the top of the mountain. We can't wait for your arrival. Take your time. It gets a little dicey on the way up the hill, but we're here for you. Wear snowshoes. Keep your footing. Keep those hands warm. Thanks, Bill. It means a lot. You're welcome. It means a lot to me that you'll eventually be here. I can't wait to see you. Such a truly, truly, such a true blessing from Bill Walton to hear that. It's unbelievable. Snow leopards on top of a mountain? How does that sounds amazing? I have been watching Savage Kingdom again. What a great show. Savage Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> I still want to go to Africa. And these shows really help it. I still want to go to Africa. So I was running the other day. And there's like four deer. Big ones. As I'm running down the street. And. Deer won't a deer will go after you if you get close. Like if they got antlers, they know they got some power. And it was like eight o'clock, the sun was setting. And I was looking in their eye. This is true. I was like looking in their eye. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm not gonna go. I'm just gonna keep running. I was like 20 feet away from them. Like, are they gonna are they am I gonna scare them off? Dude, they didn't even move. They didn't come towards me. They didn't run the other way. It's like we connected. I'm telling you, man, I'm, I'm on a different level now. I don't know what's going on. I think it's all these appearances by Bill Walton because he's had so many with UCLA's deep run on the show that his energy is flowing all the way to me out here in Ohio. Is that possible? I think it's very possible. Right? Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Like, what's going to happen when I visit California? Am I going to be swimming with dolphins? I honestly, I feel like, I feel like the next step, I, I'm not sure it's on this trip. We might, you might have to make a trip back specifically for it. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll say this the Mets are in, uh, in San Diego in early June. But like, I feel like at some point, the Dirty Sports podcast, I know we had our, our, our pilgrimage to the Bill Walton book signing but at some point i think we just need to show up at bill's door with the mics ready and say bill we've been dancing around each other for too long it's time we wouldn't yeah. be here if it wasn't i feel like speaking to him on a spiritual level we're here our our stars have crossed we're right where we're meant to be bill and so are you simultaneously i'll just talk to bill as bill bill here we are standing face to face <laughs> We're here. You're here. If that isn't God or whoever you believe in or whatever you believe in saying, sit down and do the dirty sports. I don't know what is. Bill, we're at your house with microphones. You're right where you're meant to be. You think you could find his address? Yeah. 
I don't even think I need to find his address. I think it's, you know. Just look for the giant TP in La Jolla. Follow Yellow Brick Road. Just follow your heart. Go to yeah. San Diego and follow your heart. I think that would be an interesting. Get, let's get Nick out here, too. Let's just get us going around San Diego. Hey, you know where Bill Walton lives? Do you know where Bill Walton lives? You know where, somebody's going to be like, I know where Bill Walton lives. Nick is basically uh, a done deal to Salt Lake City. Great. That's an easy flight. Yeah. But he's heading west again. Got to gotta check in on that. I know he was out there recently, but we do have another throwback from the, from the past. Uh, Aaron Maharis has chimed in. Ooh. Twerks with wolves. Twerks with wolves. He, uh, oh, he left a call. We, ha- we have a lot of good calls today and I, I, would, I would like to get to the calls, but uh, before we do that, dirt balls, I want to remind everybody to, Upgrade their watch and sunglass game by using our friends at Movement Watches. I actually showed my family yesterday the great watch and sunglasses that I got in November from Movement. And it was pretty funny because I had a pair of aviators. My little brother had a pair of my other brother. And we, we all, like the three of us looked like we were basically twinning out. But mine looked the best. I'm not going to lie. The movement sunglasses looked the best. And my watch looked really great. What I love about movement watches is they, they have the look and quality of like a four or $500 watch that you would pay at a department store. But you pay a fraction of that price because they were built online. And, and, and it, you can get that process from the start. You get beautiful, beautiful watch shipped right to your door for free. And if you don't love it, you can ship it right back. If you want to elevate your look with style that doesn't break the bank, then join the movement and get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to mvmt.com forward slash dirty. Again, that's mvmt.com forward slash dirty. So dirt balls, this is a great deal. They really are great watches and they have great sunglasses as well. So do yourself a favor, upgrade your game. Go to movement.com forward slash dirty and you'll be looking nice and fresh for the spring and the summer. Okay. Like I said, we have a lot of great calls. We're not going to be able to get to everybody, but we'll get to as many as we can. I do want to start off with twerks. I just alluded to it. Great to hear from Aaron. Yeah. Good to maybe, know he's still alive. Maybe not so great for me though. After I, after Uh-oh. we hear this call. Hey boys. Uh, Aaron Maharis, Torch the Wolves here, uh, driving back to L.A. and stuck in traffic at 10.30 p.m. on a fucking Sunday, so go figure. Uh, anyways, uh, listen to the episode and love the ideas from legendary dirtball Kyle Aronofsky about Ruther having to wear the L chain to uh, King's Island. And uh, I just wanted to add a little wrinkle to it. You know, because you've talked so much about Kings Island and, uh, you know, your, how your motivation for this annual pass is the kids and your nieces and nephews. Uh, and, and first off, uh, that's fucking bullshit. You've talked so much about this goddamn place that you are clearly as excited, if not more, uh, than any of the kids will ever be just to go there. So quit, uh, quit with that fucking act about, oh, it's about the kids. No, you, you want to fucking go and you're fucking hyped. So let's just cut the bullshit with that. Uh, and it's okay, you know, I'm number one uh, Disney dirtball. I have my annual pass at Disneyland. I'm fucking so sad the program is canceled. So, you know, I get it. Uh, but, you know, it's not about the kids. Anyways, I digress. 
Uh, I'd like to add a little wrinkle to your punishment, and I think the first time you take a girl there for a date, like you mentioned, mm. you should have to wear the, the L-chain unannounced and rock it. And, you know, if she buys in and, and she likes it, then more power to her. But if not, you know, part of the punishment. So, anyways, uh, I, I think you should go ahead and, and make that a little provision to the King's Island punishment. And, uh, yeah, go from there. All right. Cheers, fellas. Andy, our friend Bill Walton is tapping me on the shoulder. He wants one final comment. Throw it down, twerks. He throws it down on your head, Andy Ruther. How do you even respond? Great call. Great call. I'm surprised because Aaron probably dropped more F-bombs in that call than he has the entire time he's ever been on the show. <laughs> yeah. Aaron coming in hot for me. Hot, hot heat. He, you know, basically he, he he's he's doing exactly what you said in, in the beginning of the show. He's just like, you know, you keep your own house in order before you start throwing <laughs> around. Be careful when you throw around who shouldn't should not have uh season pass to amusement parks. So here's the deal, Aaron. Uh, first of all, great to hear from you. It really is. Uh, I should I should give you a ring so we can actually formally catch up. I will do that this week, I promise. It can be a combination, can it? Like, again, I will reiterate that I would never have gotten a season pass by myself if I did not have a bunch of kids around. That's true. Of however, however, however. Bullshit. That's what Torque says. Okay, he can say that. However, I'm going to agree with Aaron. I am very excited. Have I looked multiple times? Have I probably watched too many times different YouTube videos, re-examined, oh, what kind of roller coasters do they have? Have I looked at different days where only season pass holders can go, that there'll be less crowds for me to get on more roller coasters, more rides? Yes. Have I done way too much background on it? Yes. So I'm excited. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not going by myself ever. I will add. I'm going to add something to Twerk's request that you wear the L chain on a date there. I will. I will lower the L chain bet to one single day or evening at Kings Island with the L chain on a date in the Easter Bunny costume. Bang, wow. it out, bang it out one day on a wow. date in the Easter Bunny costume with the L chain on. You're done with the L chain for this wager. I would die of heat exhaustion. <laughs> like, no lie. I mean, yesterday was barely above 70 degrees. Well, you know what? That's even better. So, bunny costume, no head, L chain date. Just the, Just the body and the L chain on a date. To Kings Island. And we're square. It's even creepier without the head. You realize I that. understand that, but it's not hot. <laughs> Any girl who would accept that, that would be my wife. I'll be honest. Like a, a woman with that sense but, of humor. Like, yeah, but like Torx says, no prep. You just got to be like, I'm picking you up. And she's like, why are you wearing a just a bunny body costume and an L chain? 
and you're like, it's complicated. <laughs> well, Joe, what if, what if I throw this idea out there as well? I am going to be with you in a couple of weeks. Is Six Flags open yet? I don't know. We'll have to take a look at that. What if we went to Six Flags and I did that? I kind of don't want to be a part of this. Okay. Fair enough. Kinda, you know, I kind of want this to be your journey. That is a wild journey. That's how you know I'm watching too much Bachelor. I'm saying I'm calling things a journey these days. <laughs> I didn't know if it was that or just the Bill Walton influence on yeah. you. Because Bill would say that, something like that, that. That's that's dating show speak. Okay. I men men and women like to men and women on reality dating shows like to cover the fact that they're just getting fucked by ten dudes by being like it's a journey. That's a, <laughs> like, that's, a that's a great that is a great positive spin on it. Yeah, I like, slept. This is my journey. It's I slept like, with everybody in the house, so it's a journey. I went on Temptation Island and got filled up by half of the house. <laughs> But this is my journey. My journey is dick. Yeah. Okay, we have a paid call. Love it. From Kyle Aronofsky. Probably the most the most calls we've ever gotten. I think at this point, it's safe to say, right? I think Kyle's called, made this show via the phone call more than any other dirtball. I think so. This is a good call. You're going to love this. Going on, boys. Kyle Aronofsky calling back once again from beautiful Tom's River, New Jersey, home of the 1998 Little League World Series champions. Sorry, I was just talking to my girlfriend. She mentioned that a bar near us had a battle of the breweries today. Now, I heard her saying battle of the Bill Murrays. And I go, what? That's awesome. And then she goes, no, breweries. And I was like, okay. But a battle of the Bill Murrays would be the fucking greatest thing ever. So now that COVID's coming to an end, I think the next dirtball meetup should be a battle of the Bill Murrays. I mean, the options are really endless here. If we just rent out a bar, you got, I mean, people dressing, you know, Groundhog Day, Ghostbusters, Lost in Translation, Caddyshack, of course, Stripes, Quick Change, <laughs> Rushmore, Kingpin, <laughs> Meatballs? Have you guys seen Meatballs? What about Bob? Come on, son. Scrooged? <laughs> it doesn't end. So... I think next Dirtball Meetup, you name the location. Hella Dirtballs dressed as fucking Bill Murray. Hopefully the, the Dirtballs know these movies. Um, wherever it is, rent out the bar. Let's fucking do it, boys. Come on. Let's go. Battle of the Bill Murrays, sponsored by the Dirty Sports Podcast, sponsored by the original Light Beer, a fine Pilsner, Miller Light. Let's go. In. Another good one would be Zombie Land because you could go yeah. zombie. It's so pretty... it's not so as not to ruin my. I, luckily, mine was not mentioned. The, the the Bill Murray that I'm thinking of was not mentioned, and I'm not going to mention it now because I'm hoping that that will remain the case, and I'll be the only Bill Murray that shows up in this particular Bill Murray. It's a pretty solid idea. Like it'd be a lot of fun. I love it. Let's Legend. go. Legend. Now, where where does where does the Bill the Battle of the Bill Murrays happen? Chicago seems like Chicago seems like kind of an obvious answer, but it's like 
also we've Bill, we've had a Bill live on. Charleston. A uh, Bill, I think lives. I think he's in Charleston. Is he? Yeah. I mean, I think he's got a couple couple things. I know he was in Connecticut for a long time. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of different Bill Murray options. I feel like. You know, is it, is it, uh, is it like NorCal for next year's like Pebble Beach Pro Am? Is it somewhere where we know Bill's gonna be? Well, he li- he has a lot. Okay, you want to hear? I just put where does Bill Murray live into Google. Yeah, according to this, he has a house in Los Angeles, Rancho Santa Fe, California, Martha's Vineyard, Charleston, and Palisades, New York. I know he spent a lot of time in Charleston, or at least he used to. Obviously, yeah. he's got a house there. Um, Charleston is where my buddy had his Bill Murray run in, which I've talked about. I've never been to Charleston. I've only heard good things about it. Yeah, there's where, a lot. Where's, where's Rancho Santa Fe? Outside San Diego? Or is that a different rancho that I'm thinking of? Is that where you said Rancho Santa Fe or Rancho? It says Rancho Santa Fe is. Oh, I just drove through Rancho Santa Fe. It's I didn't even know this place existed. It's insane. So it's e- it's east. It's like a little southeast of Encinitas. Yep. I actually just drove through it when I did that show in uh in. um Escondido, I stayed in Encinitas and I drove back and forth through Ranchos. I didn't even know this place existed. It looks like where they would shoot, like, looks like where they would shoot Narcos. Like, it looks like where they would shoot Escobar's, like, mansion. It was so beautiful. There was, like, horses and shit. Dude, we, yeah. could knock, we could knock out Bill Murray and Bill Walton and one trip to San Diego. Bill? Bill? Good to see you, Bill. That'd be pretty funny. Yeah, that'd be great. You want to hear a, a wild, drunk Anthony Rizzo story? Yeah. Can't wait. What's up, boys? It's Bard, number one Memphis dirtball. I was calling to see if you guys had any or if any other dirtballs had any ridiculous stories about athletes. My story is one of the groomsmen in my wedding, his fiance i think she's on that i can't stand the bitch regardless but one of her best friends used to fuck anthony rizzo and we're from chicago so you know we love anthony but the story is she used to hook up with him all the time and then he'd go missing for months at a time when the season started so one night she got a call from him after not hearing from him for months and she's uh basically saying like i'm outside your apartment let me come up so she lets him up and he comes up and he's like sloppily like disgustingly drunk, you know, horrible, horrible blackout drunk. And he's got like a half gallon of chocolate milk and a box of intimate donuts he's eating. And they start to hook up and they're going at it. And she said he was fucking her doggy style. And he stopped mid-fuck. Jesus. And she couldn't figure out why. So she turned around and he was drinking the gallon of milk in the middle of sex. And so he saw that she saw him drinking the milk, so he tried to keep fucking her, and he lost his balance and ended up dumping, like, 
all the milk all over her and the bed, and she said she kicked him out and didn't contact him again, and he hit her up a few weeks later and had absolutely no recollection of it. So that story makes me love him even more. I thought it was appropriate for the show. A little bit over a minute and a half, but stay dirty, boys. Savage. Savage. I got to say, Andy, you know, Anthony Rizzo, a good player, but there, there is this... There is this thing that's happening in Cubs land right now where it's like Rizzo's a good player, but is he Javi Baez? Rizzo's a good player, but is he Chris Bryant? And they seem to be pretty committed to Anthony Rizzo, and the rest of these guys are sort of free to move on eventually. And I got to say, I feel like stories like this are probably why. They're like, yep, that's fine. We'll stick with Rizzo. This guy's chocolate milk and Entenmann's donut and girls? I mean... I hate to say it, but like, you know, I, I'm not trying to like promote any sort of negative activity here, but you remember all those like urban myths, like, Oh, you should do the, the rodeo where like your buddy hangs in a closet. And like, there's always like this criminal aspect of these things. Like, you know, having your buddy around or whatever, but Entenmann's donuts and some, a gallon of milk, Anthony Rizzo and girls. Seems like seems like a new thing. Seems like a new thing. <laughs> yeah. I now now to me, when I hear this story, I think it begs the question of who is like as far as all the sports, which athletes are the sloppiest drunk sex? And I think it's baseball. Yeah. Like I, it's to baseball. me, I think I think this this story epitomizes just like hammered but they're still banging don't you think it's baseball yes i mean just this just the drunken stories that have come out well first of all you don't have to be in the physical condition that you have to be in other sports like an nba player can't be a guy who drinks 30 beers a night no you, you just you just can't be football players you could be but you'd have to be like a lineman or whatever and then it's also like if you're if you're 345 pounds like drinking 30 beers isn't that impressive but I mean, we've talked about, I mean, I've told the story from, you know, a, a guy I used to coach with who, who played with the Dodgers for a long time. He said Fernando Valenzuela would be shirtless under his Dodgers jacket on his days that he was off and he would get a nice little sweat going in the, in the dugout. Then he would go to the trainer's room, take off his shoes, pants and take off that jacket and lay in his underwear and drink 30 Coors Lights. <laughs> and they would just come in after games and Fernando would be like one of the, you know, other mice in Speedy Gonzalez, just like, oh, how was the game? Just wasted on on silver, the silver bullet. So, yeah. And Wade Boggs drank 85 beers on a flight and like. And they yeah, they did baseball. an entire Always Sunny episode about that. Yeah. It, this call made me think of some of my uh i don't think i've revealed all these it made me think of some of my sports i don't know why eskimo brothers mm. there's I, I don't think i've revealed all these so i know for a fact like i don't know for a fact but at one point one of the girls i was messing with on tinder i've alluded to she had told me the week before her and her friend were hanging out with julian edelman and Danny Amendola. This is 2015. And she used the, oh, we didn't have sex with them. And I'm thinking, bullshit. 
Danny Amendola and Julian Edelman aren't hanging out with two girls and not having sex with them. And she told me this like after we had already been like hooking up. And she told me this like after we'd hooked up that day. And I'm thinking, okay, cool. I'm I'm dealing with one of these Patriots wide receiver leftovers, whatever. But then I started thinking about some other ones. I got some random Eskimo brothers, Jacoby Jones. Wow. Who, by the way, fun fact about him, only player in NFL history to have a receiving touchdown and a kickoff return touchdown in the Super Bowl. I don't know for sure, but I think I'm Eskimo brothers with Von Miller. Like a girl that I messed with from Denver had his number and they were texting. She was doing this in front of me. And it's the same thing where she's like, I didn't have sex with Von. I'm like, dude, you're exchanging texts with him. He's responding to you. Yeah. You had sex with Von Miller. And if you didn't, you're going to soon. <laughs> like, you don't have to be the first, you know, you're still asking my brothers if it happened after. And that wouldn't bother me for the record. Like, I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, I'm dealing with whatever. So those were a few that I knew off the top of my head. Do you have any Eskimo brother athletes? Not that I know of. And honestly, I've, I mean, I'm not investigating this. I don't want to know if I am. You're not and a little fascinated by some of it? No, no. But I will break out the I will break out the milk and the Entenmann's donuts because I like both of those things and just see if it, you know, just see if it sets off any alarm bells and then be like, this is like the Anthony Rizzo test. I worked with the dude. Not the first time this has happened to me. Aha! You've been with Anthony Rizzo. I worked with this dude. So I used to work for a moving company a few summers in college when I come back to Cincinnati. And this other kid who went to Notre Dame, same thing. You know, he'd come back, work for the company. I remember he came to work on Monday and his girl, he was telling us how mad his girlfriend was. And I'm like, well, what happened? He's like, I got all lit. And, you know, I... (laughs) Like we were having sex and I was still like really hungry and I was like drunk and she's drunk. And I forgot that I had like leftover sub that was within reaching distance. This dude reached for a subway foot long while he's having doggy and starts eating it. I mean, so much going on there. Yeah. Mostly bro. Subway. Come on. (laughs) Have some respect for yourself and your significant other. So if you have any funny food sex stories, I'd love to hear from that. Call on the hotline, 310-359-8365. On to a non-sex call. Let's get back to some sports. What's going on, Dirty Sports? Just had a quick question. I'm listening to Dirty Slides right now. You guys talking about how uh, Mike Trout is yet again the hands-on favorite to win the MVP. And I kind of got to thinking, you know, he's in that stage where LeBron's at, where, you know, he's kind of in the mix every single year. But in baseball, you're not seeing the drop-off of uh, LeBron's for MV- or sorry, LeBron for MVP uh, claims. Uh, Mike Trout's still, you know, the hands-on favorite to win it every single year. So that kind of got me thinking, you know, what is the difference between the MLB where, you know, the best player wins the MVP every single year or as at least, you know, the favorite to win the MVP every year. And then in the NBA, the hands, you know, the, the best player in the league isn't, you know, the hands-on favorite to win the MVP every year. What's the difference uh, between the, the two sports in this regard? And does the NBA need to change at all 
to mirror the MLB in this fashion. So that way, you know, the, the best player is winning, you know, the the MVP. That's all I wanted to say. Stay dirty, boys. See ya. So I think there's some truth to what the caller was saying, but I also think that there's truth to the fact that it does happen. It does happen in, in baseball as well. I think that they're better off. Uh, they're better about it, but I, but I think there's a big difference between being the odds on favorite to at the start of the year and being the guy who wins it at the end of the year. Like at the end of this year, if a guy has a big season, especially on a team that's winning, but it's not as big as Mike Trout, that guy will win the MVP. I mean, it's happened before it's happened. It'll happen again. Like much like um, LeBron, Mike Trout statistically has been the best player in the American league, like a lot more years than he has MVPs. So it happens. But I think that the truth behind this is that because there's an AL MVP and an NL MVP and AL Cy Young and an NL Cy Young rookie of the year, all these things, um, it's not, it's not as important to them or uh, to voters to like constantly be, awarding somebody new we're in basketball defensive player of the year is whatever six man of the year is whatever the first and foremost is the mvp award now in baseball it's almost like we have the cy young and the mvp and it's like those are two different things obviously sometimes players will win both but then there's one in each league so i think that baseball simply by having more important awards for both leagues uh is makes what it easier it. makes it easier to just be like okay mike trout wins the al mvp again but whatever we have a new nl mvp this year we have a new nl cy young we have a new al cy young whatever and we have seen good runs in baseball i mean barry across, bonds has he has seven yeah and we've seen those across um different awards too like from the cy young award to the mvp award to the gold glove awards we've seen it where like guys go on like long runs um but i think that's that's what it comes down to but at the same time mike trout will lose a close mvp race to somebody probably less deserving if they're not mike trout so that's there's that yeah there's just there's just more awards like i mean i mean it's it does help out that there there's one NBA MVP baseball has two league MVPs. It just, it's right. just the fact that bonds we has always, bonds has the most. Bonds. Yeah. He has seven. And in the NBA, Kareem has the most, he has six. I mean, Jordan yeah. only has five MVPs. LeBron only has four, right? That right there shows it. Those guys should have more. Trout already has three. So by the way, did you see, did you see the whole Reds uh, cards thing? Yes. So Castellanos got two games. What do you think about that? He like he he ridiculous. He talked. He, he stood above him, talked shit. He also got beaned. Yeah, I was totally fine with it. Again, major again goes back to our initial discussion. Major League Baseball can't even control their own punishments. I think I, I always think the guys listen getting hit with a 90 something mile an hour fastball. Like you can do fucking damage. I know most of these guys are just like 
exceptional athletes. They know how to take it or whatever, but like you can hurt somebody. You, especially you catch their wrist, you catch their finger, you bruise a rib guys may maybe not miss games, but it fucking hurt. like the idea that these guys get drilled and then they get suspended for fucking defending themselves. You know, I, I never, I never like that. And, yeah. But at the same time, you know, you, that's why I'm always like, listen, pimp home runs, but just like, be careful what you, you know, there is, there are unwritten rules, whether you like them or not. And the rule is you pimp a home run, you get fucking drilled. So sure. like I'm, I'm all for policing itself. And also listen, standing over somebody and just fucking, you know, doing the Iverson Ty Lou, like seems totally fine for me. And Molina's a bitch too. Yeah. He was just going to walk back to the dugout. Like he, he, he made, look, he made his voice heard by doing that. End of story. And now a guy who's playing great. I know it's only three games. is going to have to sit out two games. Come on. I mean, just, just come on, just let him play. All right. Those are the calls today. 310-359-8365. Much love to the Dirtball fam. And again, if you have any funny, I'd like to hear some of these, any funny stories involving food and sex. Definitely a non-sports question or story, but I'm here for it. Andy, we're not dirty enough anymore. <laughs> Send us your best pictures of you with a Entenmann's donuts and a gallon of milk and your girlfriend. <laughs> I think uh, I think people have backed off from that. Anybody who's oh 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 I hate to do this at the very end. I hate to do this because I don't know if people are going to hear this. Joe and I met at the comedy store ten years ago. We've had multiple calls recently. Yeah, at a March Comedy Madness, and you and I have said it. I know you can verify this with me. People are like, I've been listening to the show for four or five years. We've easily said it multiple times in the last yeah, four or five we, years. We, we had to have say it. Like, I mean, at least three times in the last four or five years. And it was a question that we got so many times early on, too. And that's how we met but Maddie, like, too. But, yeah, that's how we met Maddie. March Com- Comedy Madness. At the Comedy Store. At the Comedy Store, in the belly room. What year was that? 2011. Yeah. Ten years ago. So me, you, Goldberg, all met each other. It was all mostly through comedy and doing that competition. And uh, yeah, so we all- was involved. Josh Filipowski. Well, what are the names that people would know were there? I, I, I had a flashback to who I lost to in that competition. Haley Boyle in the Elite Eight. Wow. I think I lost to Nick. What's his name? Nicholas Anthony. Yeah. And then in the, in the second round, I had a, what they call it? Like when you go into overtime with like, a comedian? Yeah, like a sudden death with who? He ended up being the, one of the main, he created and wrote uh, American Vandal. Dan Peral. Is, it, is that his name? Yep. We went back and forth. And I beat him in like a sudden death joke match off joke match or whatever the hell it was called. Josh is still doing that via zoom. I know. 
That was those were good Filipowski. times. Filipowski, yeah. I, I will never forget seeing Goldberg on stage for the first time. Him and Jonesy went to like double overtime. Did they? I don't remember who came out on top, but there was like 60 people in that little green room. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. We met at the comedy store. There'll never be that many people in that green room ever again. Not with COVID. Right. Dude, I can't wait for, I can't wait for like just the stupid things. I'm like, Hey, come on over. It's barbecue. I think, I think we're near it. Let's go. I'm wearing the bunny costume. I'm grilling. It's on. All right. That's the show. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the dirty sports. Send us an iTunes review. Leave your Twitter handle in that iTunes review. I should probably check those. You can get some koozies. We're available where all podcasts are apparently not on Google play right now, but Hey, if you have, (laughs) if you have Apple or Spotify, it's really all you need. SoundCloud stitcher. Yeah. There's some options out there. Uh, Andy big, uh, week for dirt, the DSPN. We will have another dirty slides recorded this week. There's also, and you and I'll have to talk off air, but I guess it'll probably be on the dirty sports, uh, podcast page. I guess we'll figure it out, but tug and I are conversing tomorrow. Tug really wants to talk masters golf. So Tug and I have a scheduled recording to talk to Masters Golf. I will be up front right now and say I still don't really watch all that much golf. It's on in the background a little bit. Um, so I'm just going to kind of be a Tug sounding board and ask a lot of questions to Tug. But Tug really wants to talk Masters Golf, preview the Masters, talk about some potential gambling uh, on the mm-hmm. Masters, which I'll be doing. So we'll be recording that tomorrow. And I guess it'll be going up uh, one of these one of these feeds. So stay tuned for that. And then a dirty slides. Well, and then, why don't, why doesn't Tug just come on our show Thursday? I guess maybe because the masters will have already started and he wants to give a lot of betting uh, thoughts on the masters. I thought, I thought he had a kid. He's moving in a new house. How does the man have time for this? I guess the other, the other option could potentially be doing a masters thing on a Wednesday night if we recorded, but I think he wants to go in depth. So unless you want to give Tug like an hour of masters talk. Hmm. sure about that one it sounds like he it sounds like maybe our best option is to give tug uh some bonus time and you know people are excited people have gotten into the golf a bonus a golf bonus i'm yeah i'm not i'm just i'll just remember that the next time there's a golf gate where tug goes i'm not part of dirty sports They're like i don't know your hour-long masters preview bonus episode says otherwise shots fired uh, we'll talk. We'll talk all things golf um, with Tug. Dirty slides with Andy Laz. So much good feedback, guys. There's apparently an at Twitter support. Can everybody just at Twitter support? Because I mean, the the lengths I've gone for this Dirty Slides Twitter account. I'm trying to get it back up so you can slide in the DMs. Everybody send a message to at Twitter support and say free the Dirty Slides. Um, you good can follow me that. on. You can follow me on Twitter. There's the thing is, is it's not banned or anything. They just won't send me an email to confirm. It's ridiculous. Um, Do you know the email? 
I know the email. I've reset the password. And then they're like, we'll send you an email to your thing to confirm your email. No email ever arrives a million times. Get it together, Jack. Yeah. Quit jacking off over there at Twitter support. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Fix Your Life. 30 Slides is still on Twitter at 30 Slides. Send them a message. Uh, I'm on all other social media at Joe Prano. Mets game tonight. Let's go, Mets. Let's go fucking Mets. Opening day is here for Mets fans. Let's go. All righty. That is the show. Happy Monday, everybody. Enjoyed it. Hopefully you did too. We will be back in a few days. Have a great start to your week. And as always, stay dirty. <laughs>